Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's give God a hand of praise, please. Let's give it a hand like we mean it. Right. So it's early in the morning, and y'all know it. Y'all got up this morning. We're ready to go. We're here. We might as well be here on purpose. Amen? Amen. I don't believe in boring church. <laughs> amen. Can I get an amen somewhere in here? You didn't, go to, you didn't go to the club, and it was boring. <laughs> so why am I going to come to church and be bored? Amen? Also, this ain't entertainment. It's here to edify the body of Christ. Giving honor to God. Giving honor to the pastor in his absence. Pray for him as he, uh, as he returns pro- probably next week. Pray for him. Um, giving honor to uh, Minister Bailey and, and uh, Minister Kenneth and all the ministers on staff. We, we appreciate you guys. You guys didn't have to choose this church, but I'm glad you did. Amen. And I, I thank my father for the opportunity to speak uh, before you today. Um, um, I, you know, my motto is always get in, get out, and get ahead. That's always been my motto. I heard that one time on a commercial, and it stuck with me ever since. But people don't understand why I, I chose that motto, because one day this little old lady, she came up to me. She said, uh, 30 minutes is, is, is good enough for a, a good preacher. She said, you only need about 10 minutes. <laughs> and I said, thank you, Granny. I'll, I'll take that into consideration next time. I appreciate that. So I don't, I don't like to waste time, amen? She said, you don't take all day to say what you need to say, amen? She said, God bless you. Well... Well, 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 you know, when the seasoned saints get older in age, they tend to lose their filter a little bit, amen? So, you know what? I, and I, I realize what, what time this service is, and seasoned saints are out today, so I ain't going to waste y'all time, amen? All right. Uh, if you have your Bible, if you have your Bible, if you can go to Judges, the seventh chapter. Judges, the seventh chapter. Judges, everybody say Judges. Seven. There's always going to be somebody to say, what you say? Judges, chapter 7. Judges, chapter 7. And we're going to go to verse. We're only going to read one verse uh, when you have time in your leisure. I want you to read chapter 7 and 8 in your leisure. Doing your, I know everybody in here studies their Bible throughout the week. So read 7 and 8. If you don't. You can start this week. Amen? A new quarter. All right. Judges chapter uh, 7, verse 9. Can you read it, Brother Nunley, for me? May the Lord have a blessing to the hearing and the reading of his word. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we love you, honor you, and thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for allowing us to be alive, to simply be alive, to all walk in here, God. We thank you for the opportunity to have life, health, and strength and not be in the hospital. We thank you that we can see. We thank you that we can walk. We thank you that we can drive, God. We thank you for everything that you've ever done for us. We ask that you bind any spirits contrary to your spirits. I mean, contrary to your spirit, put a hedge of protection around this place so that nothing can get in here. God, we ask that you cover us and let us get what it is that you want us to get, not what we think, but what you think. Don't let me speak what I think, but what you want them to hear. Lord, let me be effective in my ministering so that they can go home with something and they can 
tell somebody else about Jesus. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may have your seat. Um, what, what was unknown to Sister Harrison, it really is a blessing. Not only was she thinking about you, I was thinking about you as well. I called them thing one and thing two, or frick and frack. We were going to make a trip over to your house. But like Sister, Sister Bailey said, it is a trip. Amen. It's almost in Rancho Marietta. So we got to, you literally have to pack snacks, a cooler, and some water to come visit her. But, but it's still a blessing. We were going to make a trip, and we probably still will make that trip because we, you have been on our mind. We all need each other together. We all need each other to strengthen. Everybody say strengthen one another. You are my strength. If you need a title for this message, you are my strength. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are my strength. Who is the you? We're talking about God. He is our strength. There is a, there's a song that says, you are my strength, strength like no wonder, no other, excuse me, strength like no other. Lord, we need your power. We need your strength because we cannot operate on our own. I found this out the hard way yesterday. Just yesterday, we was at VBS Vacation Bible School kickoff over at 4th Avenue Park. And we, me and Brother Chris decided that we were going to go play football. Some of y'all saw us out there. We, we decided it was a good idea. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I ain't played football in a long time. And when you ain't did something in a long time, your muscles are not necessarily adjusted to what is about to go down. So I'm there, I can coach them. I can tell them where to go and how to do it. But when I got out there and I tried to do it myself, I had a little bit more weight on me than I, when I used to run these routes. Amen? And I, I messed around, tried to make a cut, and my ankle said, uh-uh. That's not what we're going to do today. Because the strength had literally, it's not as strong as it used to be. Physically, you're not as strong as you used to be. My, I, I work out with the trainer at 5 a.m. in the morning. We get up early. Lord, help me, God. We get up early with Jesus. And, and we get out into this garage, me and Tanita. And I, I found out I ain't as strong as I once was. I mean, sit-ups become difficult. Push-ups, this was easy stuff. But now it is more difficult. They call them girl push-ups. I'm sitting on the ground doing girl push-ups. Why? Because I'm not as strong as I once was. Anybody feel me right now? And, and if you ever, ever want to hear the devil speak to you, you start running or working out or something. He'll start talking you right out of your little dream. You can see where you, you're supposed to be or where you're headed, but in the midst of it, it becomes terrible. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He starts talking loud and clear. He started talking real loud and clear because he literally wants to give, wants you to give up on what he has for your life. I know tension span ain't long, so there's only three points. I want you to write them down early and we'll walk through it. It says you have to walk to it. You have to continue through it. And then you have to let God do it. Everybody say it with me. Walk to it. Continue through it. Let God do it. Let God do it. I, there's a social media platform. It's called Instagram. It ultimately, it's like a picture book. People post up all these pictures, and you have all these real buff people and, and all of that. Um, but here's the problem. It looks good, but a lot of times they ain't really got no power. I got a, I got a little brother-in-law. He's got all the cuts in all the right places under his abs, under his belly, everywhere you can imagine, all through his arms. 
But if you went into the weight room with him, he ain't got no strength. That's the same with the devil. He got all the cuts. He looks great. He looks wonderful, but he really ain't got no power but the power that you allow him to have over your life. Strength comes through working out. You got to work out your faith. My strength, my strength can't come from my money because money can't heal my mind. Money can't heal my cancer. Money can't mend my marriage. My strength can't come from my education because you can lose your mind. Then you have no, there's a lot of smart people that ain't got no mind. I have a, a co-worker and his wife was a medical doctor for 10 years. Worked in the profession making three, $400,000 a year. But within one year she had completed, she didn't even know who he was. You can lose your mind. Your strength does not come from your mind. It doesn't come from your family because if you know anything about family, family can literally fail you. Am I right? All God is trying to tell you is to make him your strength. Let's get into the word. 15 minutes left. Gideon, Gideon was the fifth judge of Israel. He played a small but important role in the history of God's people. Gideon lived during a time when Israel had forsaken God and had worshipped idols. I just had to tell you that just in case you didn't think I studied. Amen? The nation had abandoned its true source of national strength and the source of its blessings, much like America today. Are we not talking about America right now? We want to we approve everything but prayer in schools. There's something wrong with that. Am I, am, is, there, is there something wrong with me? But we approve everything else, but we can't even pray in school. Anyways, God has withdrawn his blessing and protection, and the nation had suffered as the voices began to call upon God for deliverance. God used Gideon to answer the need. Gideon was reluctant. He was a reluctant leader who finally convinced, who was finally convinced by the power of God. He ultimately led uh, the children of Israel in victory over their enemies, the Midianites. After God had called Gideon, Gideon had been persuaded to accept the task God gave him. It was time to act. We find the account of Gideon defeating the Midianites in Judges 7 through chapter 8. And when you get a chance, I want you to go ahead and, and read that for your own knowledge. Gideon's army was 32,000 people strong, 32,000 People strong, but here's the problem: the army they were going up against were 120,000 strong. But it might be that after the victory, the Lord would give them. The people would think that they had done it by their own strength. It seems like this would be a time for recruitment. If you got 32,000, they got 120,000. Maybe we need to go get some more people. Amen. Last time I checked, one plus one is two. And if you got four, that means I'm too short. Not only were they too short, it, it seems as if they were, they were outnumbered four to one. For every one they had, they, the other army had four people. But then the, the Lord commanded Gideon to further reduce the number. He says, let Israel claim glory for itself, saying, my own hand has saved me. Any who were afraid or trembling were told to go home. Some 22,000 people 
departed, leaving 10,000 to fight the Midianites. You know, it ain't nothing, it ain't nothing like going with some scary folk. You ain't going to get nothing done with no scary folk. If, if we go into war, I don't want you by me if you scared. So they were told to go home. Now, it's, now they're, they're outnumbered 12 to 1. No doubt Gideon was surprised to hear what the Lord said. Next, then the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you, for you there. At the site to which the Lord had directed Gideon's army, there was, a, there was drinkable water. The army stopped to drink and 9,700 knelt down on their knees so they might drink directly from the stream. The other 300 cupped their hands and took water into them, drinking it from the hands as a dog would lap water from his bowl. The Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with 300, everybody say 300, men who lapped and will give the Midianites into your hands. So, so let all the people go, each man to his home. I mean, at this point, I'm thinking, Jesus, are you tripping right now? Everybody say, he is my strength. He is my strength. He's not relied upon the numbers. It, it, statistically speaking, we probably couldn't afford a building like this. But I got two original members in here that say, by the grace of God, it was about 12 people who walked down the street and bought the building. Amen? Don't worry about the numbers. Sometimes we look at situations and we try to figure it out ourselves, but God ain't called you to figure it out. He said, just walk to it and walk through it. Amen. I may, sometimes God allows people to suffer on your behalf. Let me explain. Brother Nate has been standing up there back there for week after week after week with his hand above his head. And at first I couldn't understand why he was doing that. But then as I watched longer, he started to speak, and he said that he had a, a nerve injury, right? A pinched nerve or something going on in his back. I began to realize that his hand was lifted. You got to understand, he was in an uncomfortable situation that caused him to lift his hands. What is time? When the police come up to you and they say, put your hands in the air, what that mean? You need to surrender. He didn't understand, but he was blessing me because he was telling me through his hand lifted in his pinched back that it's time for you to surrender. You got to stop fighting against what God wants you to do. So he pushes you into an uncomfortable place that you are forced to surrender. Why? Because when I lift up my hand and I surrender, it begins to relieve the pressure. It takes the pressure off the nerve. Too many times we're walking around and we're holding on to stuff that God ain't never told us to hold on to. I heard an illustration. Somebody said, you can hold this water bottle. It ain't going to hurt you the first five minutes, maybe. But by the next hour, your arm's going to be aching. You give it a day or two, your arm's ready to fall off. Why? Because you just won't let it go. God is calling some of us to relieve the pressure. He said, give the bottle over to me. I'll take care of everything else. Touch your neighbor and say, lift your hands. When you surrender your sixth situation unto him, your hands are not preoccupied trying to fix it. I am one of those individuals, over-analytical. So I will begin to try to figure and understand how can we come up with the solution? 
But the Lord ain't called me to come up with the solution. He said, I'll give you the solution if you just walk to it and go through it. I will provide you with everything that you need to get through the situation. So sometimes what we find is we go to the doctor, which is a great, wonderful thing, and they provide us with medicine. Everybody say medicine. The medicine is designed to suppress the pain, but the problem is it does not fix the problem. You, and, and if you're not careful, you can become hooked on the pain relief and never get the problem restored. If you're not careful, a lot of us will come to church, will come and get high, and will go home without any healing. We'll come to church to get a spiritual high instead of receiving the spiritual healing God has designed for our lives. We find that Gideon, he, he, uh, he attacked the Midianites with 300 people. Everybody say 300. They had torches, pitch, pitches, uh, swords, and trumpets. They didn't need no more. They had all that they need. Sometimes God will strip you of everything that you thought you need just to prove to you all you really needed was his strength. He is still your strength. David, if you think about David and Goliath, he tried to put on all the armor to protect himself. But God said, you don't need all that armor. Why? Because I got everything you need encapsulated right here. All you got to do is walk to it. Then you got to walk through it. Everybody say walk to it. And then walk through it. Now the same night it came about, the Lord said to him, Arise and go down against the camp, for I have given it unto your hands. There was so much confusion in the camp, as startled Midianites fought against Midianites in the darkness. The night the Midianites, that night the Midianites were routed. In other words, if you give it to God and you do what it says, he's going to take care of the problem itself. Let me show you how. There was a, there was a young lady and she, she, found out, she found out that she needed some money. Let's be real. And in order to get the money, she had to go to the doctor. It was only uh, $250. It wasn't really that much money. But that just shows you the amount of need she was in. If she went to the doctor... She got the $250. She walks in, got the money before she ever, she, she had to get a check, got the money before she ever got the, the diagnosis. But come to find out, they found cancer inside of her body. God will put you in an uncomfortable situation to show you something different. She needed that cash, but that cash in turn pushed her to go to the doctor to save her life. Never felt nothing wrong. Never had any symptoms of anything, but it showed her something inside of herself that she needed to fix. The doctors did surgery on her. They not only did surgery on her, they had her go through radiation, and they had her go through other treatments to mitigate the cancer. Finally, the cancer was removed. Everybody say removed. But the problem was you have to get a check every so often. When they checked the last time, they said they saw something in the same area, so they would have to go back in and do a biopsy. But she began to get worried so much to the point she said, 
you know what? If it got me, it got me. I'm just going to die. I ain't going to live with no colostomy bag. I'm not going to live an unhappy life. If it's going to catch me, it's got me. When I told her very clearly in no uncertain words, don't forget where he brought you from. If he already brought you from there, what makes you think that he, he can't do it all over again? She went back to the doctor and come to find out it was only some scar tissue. The scar tissue don't look nothing like what you've really been through, amen? You ought to thank God for that scar tissue because it's a reminder that if he did it before, he can do it all over again. If he did it before, he can do it all over again. Sometimes you just need to learn you got to give it to God. Give your situations, your trials, and your tribulations. Give them all to God. Allow him to be your strength. Stop trying to be your own strength. Stop beating yourself up, going into depression, going into a manic states because you're trying to fix your own problems. Allow God to take control, and he will change your life.